Welcome to Drive Time, our UCLA Anderson Fully Employed MBA program podcast. My name is Dylan Stafford, and I'm your host this week, and we have a very special guest. Uh, we have a leader from UCLA Anderson. With us today is Kate Motonaga, who is our Senior Associate Dean and CFO here at the UCLA Anderson School of Management. And above and beyond that, Kate is also a graduate of Anderson. She's a member of the class of 1997, which was the seventh class of FEMBA. She uh, was in the transition from the old building to our beautiful location where we've been for a while now, but she got to, to see that transition happen. And uh, she's had a very successful career um, in, in finance and about nine years after graduation created her own firm, which she ran for a decade, and she can tell us about that. And just in the last year has um, come back as an alum to accept the position of, of uh, chief financial officer to really help us make sure that we are doing everything we should be in the world of running our enterprise. So um, it's a pleasure. Thank you for saying yes to this, Kate. Thank you for asking me. I am thrilled to be here. So we have, I was, I was explaining that we have a, an audience that is people in the program, possibly people potentially looking at the program and, and then interested alumni and friends. Um, I was excited to interview you because you're a successful example of how FEMBA can help someone really launch a career. And you've done that very well. And let's talk about your undergrad education even before you went to, to Anderson. So why don't, why don't you take us back? Okay. Um, I think um, in terms of my overall career, I think I've always had kind of a, a penchant, as you'd say, for numbers. And even back then, I thought, okay, I want to get the best return on this investment. So it was really important to me to go to the right schools with the right amount of, of return. And where was it going to take me? And what was I going to do next? So I started off at one of our sister schools at UC Santa Barbara, and then um, I the gauchos, the right? gaucho gauchos, go gauchos. Yeah. Graduated from there, took a year, and went to go to work. Um, wasn't quite exactly sure where I was going to go with that, um, but I knew I wanted to do something fun. And um, that if I do it every day, I wanted to love what I was doing. Nice. Um, so I went to work for, for a company and within, oh, I don't know, six months knew I wanted to go back for my MBA, was, applied um, at, at, at UCLA's FEMBA. It was the only school I applied to. It was my top choice. And I got in. So I, was, <laughs> <laughs> so I was very excited. Yeah. So that's how I came over to Anderson. And what, what did you study in undergrad? I studied uh, business economics. Oh, okay. Um, I think we all know, you know, there's no business undergrad. And then, um, but they also, at the time, they still had the specific classes for studying for your CPA. So I wanted to go ahead and get that under my belt. So I took all those classes, um, uh, sat for a CPA sections, passed, and then said, nope, don't want to do that for a living. Yes. <laughs> Let's get her MBA. So much of figuring out what we want to do is figuring out what we don't want to do. It's true. It's true. And in the world of smart financial decisions, as mm -hmm. we were talking before the mm -hmm. the recording began, you, you were a junior college transfer, actually. I was, yes. So that was part of kind of the whole ROI. At the time, even then, it was, it was a little bit less money, but it's still a, a lot less money. It's a great education. And because of the connection with the UC and the state schools, I was guaranteed 
the ability, if I did my part of it, which I was, you know, felt really confident about, if I could do my part of it, then I could go ahead and transfer in. And I think it only led to more success. Well, so much of making, I love what Bill Cockrum says in terms of, you know, the number, 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 number one rule is never run out of cash. Like at some point Mm -hmm. when we lead our enterprises, when we lead our personal lives, Mm -hmm. you have to learn that lesson. Yeah, like it's nice if you have receivables, but it's even nicer if you have the money in the bank. You can't pay somebody on a receivable. So yeah, there you go. And and now you're a mom also. I am. I have an 18-year-old daughter who just started at another sister school, oh. UCSD. And I have a son who's 16 in junior high school. Oh, congratulations. Wow. So, oh, you got the first one launched. One launched, one to go. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I love about coming back leaving corporate and coming and working in a university is just the the energy of the fall it's so fun to plug back yeah. into that yeah because you, you lose that in corporate it's not the same to suddenly hear all the students and all the faculty going around and discussing everything that they're doing in their classes it's phenomenal oh that's yeah i love that part so you only applied to anderson and I did. And Anderson, uh, FEMBA was in its seventh, you were the seventh class, so Mm -hmm. the class ahead of you was the first time we went from one section. A lot of Mm -hmm. people don't realize that FEMBA started out the same as EMBA. It was basically one class of students. And by one class, I mean one physical classroom, so 50 to 70 students. Mm -hmm. And so, and then then tell us about, so you were were in the social sciences, so you were across campus your first year. Yes, we were in in the old business business school, yeah, right right by the law school. Um, and it was, um, it was smaller classrooms, um, definitely a little bit, um, I'm older, but you know, between the, the professors that we had, I mean, I had, you know, the phenomenal Cockrum and Osborne. And so, you know, it, it, it was, it was fine. It was worth it, you know, but, um, but then when they opened the new building, it was night and day. It was so phenomenal. Um, that, you know, it was all, at the, t- at the time, it was all the new IT. It was just tech heavy and it was beautiful and they were large and open and they had all these study rooms that we could go off to. And so we weren't really used to that. And it was, it was, it was wonderful. It was really wonderful. I took a class winter quarter over in the social sciences on uh, on the <laughs> evenings, and it's different. It's, it a, it's a different yeah, generation yeah. of architecture. We have a beautiful campus. Yes, yes Anderson is beautiful. And now we're gonna we're gonna build our new tower, so that's gonna be fun. Yeah, one more building, right? I love. We're growing though. We need it. You and, know, and the, the multi-purpose space. It's gonna be an exciting. It's really student focused, so everything that they're gonna be bringing to the students is phenomenal the easy access, the interaction with all the different areas that they need to, I think it's just going to be really beneficial. And I think a couple of medium-sized classrooms, something halfway between our current classroom size and Corn Hall. Cause we and have this huge, yeah, yeah. A, a really large, uh, one of the larger classrooms that we have outside of Corn. Yeah, it's going to be, it, it, it has a ton of space for everything over there. I think it's going to be a student haven. And the idea that we'll have a front door to the school—that'll mm. be—that'll be nice. Because right now it and is shocking. It, <laughs> it's like you can access Anderson from all these different entry points. Yeah. So, oh, now now tell people about your field study. So today everybody does the Global Access Program, which yes. is you know our, our the, mm-hmm. the huge feather in our cap. Mm-hmm. Few people do the business creation option, mm-hmm. but by and large, 80, 90 percent of FEMBAs do mm-hmm. GAP. Mm-hmm. 
What tell? But your field study was a year or two before GAP got started. So what was that like? It was exciting. We were one of the few that actually had the international, so even leading that side of it. Um, we worked with Nestle. Mm -hmm. um, they, my section actually, Nestle covered all of it for the entire section. And they gave us several different projects to work on. We broke into groups to work on all of those. And then for the presentations, the wrap-up, and the final grading, we all went out to their headquarters in Switzerland, and the entire section, they put us up in their hotel, and we did all of our presentations. We also got, they gave us tours. It, it, it was just a really wonderful opportunity. And I will say, the frank feedback was also one of the best learning experiences I've ever had. They were they were very blunt. This one was great. This one was not. This works for us. This does not. So everything about it was wonderful. That well, now you're not supposed to make everybody jealous because Gap, <laughs> of course, it's we've evolved. <laughs> but that that sounds wow. Your entire section on a road trip that yeah, sounds yeah. kind of it goofy. was pretty cool. That sounds pretty fun. <laughs> so if you're listening, imagine instead of five of us with one company from Switzerland, all fifty five of us with the same company. Wow, that would have been. That would have been exciting. It was. And it was a great bonding experience. I mean, if it wasn't for that, I, I still keep in touch with so many of my FEMBA friends. Mm -hmm. It was that trip that really cemented several of those friendships. Mm. We are still friends today. I live, I, I mean, I talk to them regularly. We have, you know, we go for walks, we go for coffee, we have wine, we talk about everything. So um, to have those brilliant, beautiful minds available for business discussions or pleasure discussions, um, has been really fantastic through the entire process of all these decisions that I've made and remade to make my career what it is. Well, I, yeah, I loved how you, you said it earlier. It, you know, it's great to have friends in life, but the, the kind of added contribution that a friendship that gets forged at Anderson is, mm -hmm. is that this is a person who can get my career yeah. and, and not yeah. just the human toils and, mm -hmm. you know, travails of life, but also the, the depth of what an MBA career involves yeah we have you know i have a lot of different friends i think we all do we have friends from different parts of our lives for different reasons and they're all wonderful people and they probably all appeal to a different part of us but the thing i found with my femba friends is my career is very important to me and what mm -hmm. i do with it and how i affect the world with it is also really important and they're right in line with me mm -hmm. and they're also nice wonderful warm people I mean, we're really well-rounded coming out of this program, and it just really brought it all home. So I can be successful and go wine tasting and have a great time. Yeah. So it's yeah. All, you know it all kind of wraps together. Yeah, it's 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 so important to have these sounding boards. Mm -hmm. You know, like high-quality people in my network with whom I can speak and just mm -hmm. test stuff out. You know, this is what I think is going on. What do you hear? Yeah. And these are business leaders, so yeah. their advice makes a big difference in these decisions. If, if they tell me, great idea, it's a great idea. If they tell me it's a bad idea, it's a bad idea. They yeah. know what they're talking about. And to get to do that in a friendship environment where I don't have to write a $500 check even for, better for said advice is is pretty wonderful <laughs> well worth it well well worth it yeah well so you know your career is important to mm -hmm. you and i know that career is important to people who are listening to this so mm -hmm. let's let's geek out a little bit okay. so maybe we could do the first half of your career before mm -hmm. you created your company so okay. you know, let, let's mm -hmm. tell some people kind of what your logic was you, you said a little bit you you mm -hmm. put your toe in the water of the cpa and said mm -hmm. no 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 that's not what i want to do so right. 
maybe tell people a little bit of your the first some of the first forks in the road in your in your career and then and then like when did you decide you wanted your own company and then we can talk about the second half mm -hmm. before you came back to Anderson. So when I was at Anderson I focused on a couple of areas. One was strategy, one was finance, which was really related to my undergrad and then poked around a lot in the entrepreneur side as much as I could. Oh you did? Okay. Um, yeah, because yeah. that I knew I wanted to own my own business one day. Oh, good. Um, yeah. But I wanted to learn a little bit more before I did that. So I wanted to strike out and get a broader base uh, for myself. That was something that was important to myself. So I started to work with different um, large corporations and I did that for several years. It was really interesting to me because I ended up being just falling into this position where the company was a billion dollar company. They went into bankruptcy. I'm in chapter 11 about three weeks after I started my new job. And they're like, hello, welcome to bankruptcy. And I said, did you see your balance sheet? Because I saw that coming. And they said, we want you to stay. And I learned so much. Instead of looking at it negatively, I think my time at Anderson really taught me that everything's a great learning experience. Mm. And I really saw it as that. So I turned that almost into a career for a while. Um, internally, and I and I started to work with companies about, uh, you know, in terms of Sarbanes Oxley came out at the same time, and I got really heavily involved in understanding your numbers and your internal controls and what works. That led to me getting my. I'm a certified fraud examiner, so um, essentially that's in line with a lot of the Sarbanes Oxley work. And I decided to launch my own company out of that, and it was. Um, it was the best thing I've ever decided, and I had that for 10 years, and it morphed a little. I started off with um, fraud investigation and you know small business valuation, and then I decided, okay, I've, I've learned a lot there. That's, you know, that's not what I want to continue to do. I went back into corporate, but as almost a CFO for hire, so 9 to 18 months. Mm. In there, I got to do IT implementations and HR restructures and... Um, financing. I, I opened three businesses around the world. So I had a lot of fun. I got to set it all up. I got to do new things all the time. And I, I really loved it. It was a lot of fun, a lot of work, mm -hmm. but really well worth it. So let me just, mm -hmm. if I heard you correctly, so when you when you took the position with the, the first, the billion dollar company mm -hmm. going into bankruptcy three <laughs> weeks into the new job, you had seen the books. You had seen that coming. So you went in eyes wide company. open. You, yes. You went in eyes. So yeah. that's kind of bold. So tell people a little bit about maybe what your thought process was, because it yeah. turned out well. But that's a that's mm -hmm. that's, I, that's yeah. finding opportunity in, in a, the non typical possibly okay. way of yeah. looking well, for opportunity. I do know. I get to play with the Anderson wording, thinking fearlessly? You bet. Let's okay. think, let's do okay. some fearless thinking. So so that was my thought process. Was how fascinating. Wow. I've seen companies that are doing well. Everybody talks to you about what goes what goes well. But I hadn't seen as much of what went wrong other than this failed and so that was the end. This wasn't the end. This was there was a huge problem, big enough to send this gigantic company, corporation, um, you know, uh, public corporation into bankruptcy and then completely remold it and see what happens and how do you do that. Hmm. I wanted to know how do you save a company? I mm -hmm. thought that was fantastic. So I knew going in that they were in huge trouble. I mean, their pension obligation was drowning them and they had a bunch of others. Their balance sheet 
again, another great tool that I've learned in my education. Read a balance sheet. Read it. You know, read the notes of the statements of the financials. So, so it was really helpful and gave me a great opportunity, which launched a career that I have loved. Mm-hmm. Well, that I love that. Yeah, one of my mentor, one of my corporate mentors says, you know, people who control, people who manage people, manage people who manage things. Mm-hmm. People who manage money, manage all. You know that if if and this is back to Professor Cockrum's quote that, you know, organizations don't get to play anymore when they run out of. <laughs> the liquidity to function, you know, to support their going operations. Mm-hmm. So what does one do when you've got this huge entity with mm-hmm. people and processes and, and mm-hmm. obligations and, mm-hmm. and oh no, we, yeah. we don't have the funds to make this work. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to get anything wrong. I mean, there were terrible parts to watching a company go through that, but right. on a learning basis to figure out how to rebuild and how to keep the jobs that we could keep, and how to create a financial model that worked—that was fascinating. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. And I always, you know, I always ask myself, you know, what is the societal contribution that MBAs are to making, you know, our country, our our world work? And exactly. we do have these giant interdependent systems that we've set up. Without organizations, we can't move goods from A to B. We can't have quality control. Like you have to set up a framework. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes stuff changes, and then you got to respond. Yeah. And and I think that the MBA toolkit is a way to be a, a carpenter in the face of all that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it, it and everything I learned there, I rolled forward again. Always looking at things as as a learning experience, you know. And then using that, quite honestly, I'm going to do it again um, to drive change in all these different companies that I work with. How could I drive change and, and make this all work for them? I will say that, you know, most of the companies had a specific issue for bringing me on board. So it was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fun to get to fix problems. Yes. Well, how long would you say your, how long did you gestate, I'm going to start my own company before you pulled the trigger and did it? Oh, about a year, I think. You've had the kind of, in the back of my mind at school, I'll do I've some entrepreneurial... I've always had the thought in my head to do it, mm-hmm. but to actually launch it, you know, about was a year. about a year. Was there yeah. anything in your, did you, did anything precipitate, you know, what made that year the year? When I got my CFE, when I finally was certified and I had finished all of the work to get that certification, I said, okay. We did it. Jump on, and I jumped on. How long? How long was that certification process to earn the CFE? It's as long or as short as you want. I okay. did it um, in. You know, you, you have. Well, I, I take it back. You have to have background in order to. If you have a master's degree, if you have a bachelor's degree, if you have, you know, different things have different levels of what else you need to succeed. How long have you worked? So I had the master's degree. I had work experience. Um, I doubled up with being a FEMBA, so I got mm-hmm. double or two mm-hmm. for one. Um, and then, um, a and then I was work able- experience <laughs> while you earn your MBA. What a wonderful value proposition. Excuse me. Uh, back to yeah, you. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> and maintain your family, which I did as well. Um, so yeah, so that's, that was the impetus for me was go out, get that done. Um, you know, I had, I, I did when I did my, when I was in FEMBA and I was getting my master's, 
I was working full-time, more than full-time. I mean, back then, full-time was 60 to 80 hours a week on a regular basis. Um, I was going to school here, and I got married and got pregnant. So it was quite a lot going on. You got on. married during Fimba? I did. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, life doesn't stop. You know, you have to be able to balance it all. And that's how your career is. And that's, for me, being an entrepreneur, that was a great setup. I really learned how to balance and how to do it all and understood the value of how important my work was to me, but how important my life was to me, my family. That's amazing. It, it, mm -hmm. The day one of orientation this, this year, never done this before, but we were saying, how many of you have children? Mm -hmm. And somehow, you know, people raised their hand and, some, and it, it turned into how many of you have had children lately? Mm -hmm. And we just started letting people say, and it was amazing. Oh, I had a baby two weeks ago, mm -hmm. two months ago, six months ago. I mean, all, yeah. you know. It, it's an amazing time of your life. Life does yeah. not stop. I it mean, doesn't, no. And, you know, the average mm -hmm. Fembo walking in the door, 30, 31 years old, that's mm -hmm. an important three-year window in people's life, 30 yes. to 34. On a, I yep. mean, plus or minus. We have younger, we have older Fembas. But mm -hmm. I think I was in my late 20s, 28 or something, 27, 28. Mm -hmm. Yeah, life yeah. life does not stop. Mm -hmm. So, okay, so you'd had the idea, then it, mm -hmm. it gestated for about a year, then you mm -hmm. launched, you know, yeah. any, mm -hmm. any kind of... Um, lessons learned from from going on your own what was the hardest part the easiest part the hardest part oh uh the hardest part was the easiest part for me was having faith that it would work i really believed really? in myself i really believed that i could do it so the easiest part for me was the faith that i could do it the hardest part was sales i'm not a salesperson. yeah business development yeah so yeah. that was um learning to to do business development learning public relations kind of in the reality of walking into a room full of people you don't know and and making that happen that was that was that was the initial hard part for me the other part of it was i had to balance everything i had to rebalance everything one more time so when did i work so mm -hmm. you know my i had normal work hours included 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. at night yeah that was just a normal the, part of my day the bonus mm -hmm. shift yeah <laughs> you either get up early or yeah. you stay up late yeah, so is my experience of being a working parent. Oh, absolutely. And my my wife mm -hmm. has her own company, and yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, and mm -hmm. business development. You know, and she wants to do great design work, and you you need, but they're they're just these different modalities when you're running your own show, right? And you're accountable for all those modalities. Yes, you are, and you mm -hmm. don't get to delegate anymore necessarily. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some things, yes, partnerships right. are great, but mm -hmm. no, you're accountable for a lot, which makes you feel both in control and out of control all at the same time. Just like life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now, did did Anderson find you, or did you find Anderson? Anderson your... found me. Nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. so you got so, recruited. Yes, I did. Any I good did. networking story, or what did was um, it? How did so? How... Actually, through my LinkedIn. So I keep was on... <laughs> your LinkedIn updated. <laughs> so I was on LinkedIn, and they did re they did go through a search committee. Mm -hmm. So they had an internal search committee here at Anderson. And then they also used an outside firm, and I got a, and I was approached and asked if I would be interested. And my first thought was, no, I love what I do. I'm good. Mm -hmm. What I do, this is mm -hmm. a lot of fun. My second thought was, ooh, Anderson, how amazing would that be? Nice. Oh, that's nice. kind of what led to it. And then I came here, and to be sur a lot of the people that I work with are alums, and yeah. a lot of the people that I and everybody I work with is really smart. And then I'm surrounded by this faculty that is amazing. 
I'm challenged every day, but I'm rewarded every day. And the atmosphere and the people and the back and the forth and it's, it's, and, and they had a real need for me. So I felt like I could come in and do some really good work. We're not in bankruptcy no, by no, any means. No, she's no, she's passed that part that. of her career. I didn't mean that. <laughs> no, no, we just we want to go from good to better to best. That's well, you know, we went self-supporting. It's just a different and, model, and we're yeah. a business school, and we we're a self-supporting business school now. We don't get any money from the state for our graduate programs, so it, it's a different model, and you have to relook at it. So I just came from a fresh perspective, and that's what I meant by having the ability to contribute something is, I mean, a lot of the work I did the last several years, my consulting company had nothing to do with bankruptcy. It was, you know, like, you know, it, it was just different types of work that I would do. Um, but it was, in a lot of cases, it was setting up success for that company. So that's, that's what we're doing here. We've completely remodeled. So now let's set up success for that remodel. Well, and it's one of it's one of Dean Olean's big accomplishments, it and is. it it gives her the ability to hire faculty who are globally desired, who could you know charge the market rate from any of the top schools. And if we want to compete successfully for the intellectual capital that is sort of the driver of the whole enterprise, mm -hmm. she needed the ability to do that, and she's now given that to Anderson, and it will be Anderson's legacy, her legacy, which will live forward, to keep us nimble. You know, because Los Angeles, excuse me, it's a wonderful place to be, but it's a high rent place to be. And Very if we want to go have someone choose us over Harvard or London School of Economics or whatever. It's a value proposition and, and our students are worth it. Yes. The students, these are top students. They need to be challenged by top professors. They need to be taught and led by top professors. I mean, you can't think fearlessly unless you have that. And so... It, it is, and it's a very expensive place to live for them, for the students as well as the faculty, yeah. and they deserve the very best. That's how we stay top of our game. And we're, we, Anderson, are being watched because we're a noteworthy professional school in the entire mm -hmm. UC system who's, yes. who said we can, we can make this work. Mm -hmm. We're going to cut the purse strings mm -hmm. and, and have the autonomy, but the corresponding responsibility that goes with that. Right. Right, and that, and that's that's what I talk about with the value proposition. I mean, we are able to now really have those conversations with some of those those faculty members that you know really had a different value proposition, and now we can have those discussions. We can bring them on board, um, but it's just a different model. And I remember Dean Olean, you know, explaining to us also that you know she travels the world talking to alums and business mm -hmm. leaders, and you know some people want to give their, you know, the, the more modern philanthropy is I want my mm -hmm. dollars to be very targeted. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to give to Anderson and I want to give to Anderson. Yes. I'll, I'll give to the UCLA Centennial campaign with my other checkbook, mm -hmm. but I want to give you money to make the business school mm -hmm. the best that it can be. And this, this allows her to receive that. And she had her big gift from Marian Anderson, the she wife did. of our benefactor last year. God bless her. Yes. It's $100 million. You can do a lot with $100 million. And her name was already on the building. So, and I mean, we are going to do a lot we with are. $100 million. Get a new building. Yeah. yeah. And then, yeah. And I, and not, then, not all of that goes towards the building. Exactly. No. It's, right, it's right. allocated mm -hmm. in it buckets. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and Professor Morrison, who is our longest standing, Professor Don Morrison and his wife gave a a more modest $10 million gift, which creates our new Center for Data Analytics. It's a fantastic gift, and it's so appreciated. And um, and what a, I mean, 
you know, our, our MF, I mean, watching Anderson just grow and really embrace change, continue to embrace change, our social impact center, our accelerator yes, that we're doing. I mean, how exciting is that? Um, you know, just all these different things, you know, our, our MFE, I mean, that's an amazing degree program and those students, they really excel. So it's a lot of fun. Femba's, of course, the best and my well, favorite. Well, you know, I just we, we have we have to say it. We 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 have to say. Well, it. I have I have big bias. <laughs> As do I. I. You know, I feel like I've been extremely successful, and I do give that benefit to Femba and this program and the time I spent here and the relationships I built. Well, that's great. And as we as we draw to a close, I mean, getting to know you, it, it you know, as I observe your career story and and hear you tell it. You know, you've had a you've had a north star. You've had some courage to go with it, but you've planned your work and worked your plan and 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 kept trying new things. Mm-hmm. People listening to this podcast, you know, want to be you in their future career. You know, what what as you mentor people from a career perspective, what are some any parting thoughts about, you know, if if I knew then what I know now or or you know, what what do you tell young people who are making this big investment in their own growth and development? you know, through our graduate programs here? Uh, that, oh, that's a really good question. I don't know a really good answer to that. I would say that for me, I always tell people, it's your life and it's your career. Mm. If you want it, you can have it. If you've gone, especially here, if you've gone and you've gone through the FEMBA program, you can do anything. I mean, you've shown it by getting into the program, by getting through the program, mm-hmm. by balancing your life through the program. If you can do all of that, you can be as successful as you want to be. And hmm. I think I carried that with me all the time. I always knew if I could do that, <laughs> I could do anything. And yeah. I really took that with me. And I and I and that's why I think when I launched my own company, I never worried that it would be successful. I mm-hmm. knew it would have its success. Yeah, your faith wasn't in, you had the faith that it would work. My faith was that I was given such a great background, a great rock to stand on, that that was always going to push me forward. Well, this has been great. It, I was so excited when they uh, when the search committee announced the result, and I, <laughs> hey, wait a minute, she was at Anderson for three years. <laughs> I think she was a FEMBA. That's how I always, it's, you know, because we were, you know, once you're a graduate of Anderson, you're a graduate of Anderson, everyone yeah. earns the it's same. It's just a UCLA MBA. It, That's it, how it looks, yeah, yeah, which is what it is. But if you know how to read the class years, then you can figure <laughs> out who the FEMBAs were. It yeah. was that way when uh, Mike Hopkins, the CEO of Hulu, he was uh-huh. on stage and I just went in, oh, this will be fun. I went to listen to it, a, mm-hmm. I don't know, a year ago or something. Okay. And he mm-hmm. said, you know, the three years I was here, and all of a sudden I'm on the alumni <laughs> directory. Oh, he's a Fimba. Score, score. <laughs> so it's, it's fun. We're yeah. all one family after we graduate. Yeah, we are. We are. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. This was fun. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed Kate Motonaga, class of 97, and our Senior Associate Dean and Chief Financial Officer here at UCLA Anderson School of Management. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll have someone else equally as interesting for you next week. Thanks for listening.